Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Okay, so let me get this straight. The Dodgers want to trade for Mike Trout, sign Shohei Otani. They tendered contracts to all 12 of their arbitration-eligible players. Should the Dodgers sign Brandon Woodrow? We've got an Otani update. All that more coming up next on Dodgers Dugout. It's time for Dodger I don't care how many times this team rips my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. Hey, hey, what's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. My friends call me DMAC, credentialed member of Dodgers Media. Now, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Do me a huge favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And as always, I'm with your takes down below in the comments section. Today's Dodgers Nation question of the day. What are your thoughts on a possible trade for Mike Trout. Do you want to see the Dodgers trade for Mike Trout? Also, should LA sign Brandon Woodruff? What are your thoughts on Shohei Otani? We got lots going on here in the Dodgers universe. So I want all your takes down below. And for all latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So we've got a special emergency Saturday edition of Dodgers Dugout because there's so much going on. There's rumors about the Dodgers pursuing a trade for Mike Trout. The Otani rumors are heating up. Brandon Woodruff, he gets non-tendered. Should L.A. sign him? We'll get in that in just a second, but there's so much going on. You need your vitamin D, your daily dose of Dodger baseball, and I've got your back. So let's dive right into the action. So just a little housekeeping here. Just a few minutes ago, real quickly, Robert Murray tweet out, Soar's free agent infield. Yanni Hernandez in agreement with the Milwaukee Brewers on a minor league contract that includes an invitation to spring training. So Yanni Hernandez, he appeared in 14 games for the Dodgers last season and went three for 22 with two singles, a double and four RBI. He slashed 136, 231, 182. He started three games at the hot corner and once at the second sack. Yanni Otani, as I like to call him, also pitched a scoreless inning versus Kansas City on July 7th. So with the Dodgers desperately needing to rebuild their rotation, desperately needing starting pitching, you don't find a way to bring back Yanni Hernandez, a guy with a 0.00 ERA. Okay, I'm just kidding. But yeah, Yanni Hernandez, minor league deal with the Brewers. Now, before we get into the rumors and the trades and all that cool stuff, we also have to do some housekeeping. Yancy Almonte and the Dodgers, they agreed to a new deal for the 2024 season for $1.9 million. That was first reported by John Heyman of the New York Post and Fabian Ardai of The Athletic. Last year, Yancy Almonte made $1.5 million, and he's got four years, 143 days of service time. He was eligible eligible for salary arbitration this winter. MLB trade rumors, they projected Almonte to make $1.9 million in 2024. So good call by them. And if you look at the year he had last season, he got to an awful start. He allowed 18 runs in his first 18 innings of work. 
and everyone thought it was over, and people were talking about the volatility of bullpen pieces and that Yancey Almonte was going to have a down year. But then he quietly turned his season around. From May 20th to August 11th, he posted a 270 ERA, a 332 FIP in 30 innings, had 36 punch outs, a 29.5% K percentage, and had 14 walks in his final 30 appearances. Overall, he didn't post pretty numbers, had a 506 ERA, a 427 expected ERA and 49 appearances with 49 punch outs and 24 walks and 48 innings. But like I said, he did turn his season around. And if it weren't for an injury where he sprained his right knee on August 11th and spent the final seven weeks on the IL, he probably would have factored in to the bullpen in the postseason and had a chance to redeem himself. So I think it's a great move for the Dodgers. Yancey Almonte, he's Yancey Almonte at times. I think he figured some things out mechanically. He's someone who has turned his career around in LA, just completely ditching that four-seam fastball that he was throwing with the Colorado Rockies, having a ton of success with that sweeper in LA. So glad to see Yancy Almonte back. And really the biggest takeaway from yesterday's news was that the Dodgers, they tendered contracts to all 12 players eligible for arbitration this winter. They didn't non-tender Ryan Yarbrough. They didn't non-tender Yancy Almonte. You had people out there suggesting that maybe they non-tender Dustin May. There were some non-tendered candidates out there. I think the only one that they were probably giving some consideration to was Ryan Yarbrough. He had gotten non-tendered by the Rams. He signed with the Royals. He's someone that you could use as a trade chip potentially. But when you look at the premium for pitching just in general, it did make sense to keep him. Now, the other option they would have had would have been Wander Suero. And that would have given the Dodgers 13 arbitration eligible players, but he opted for free agency. But each of the players they have three or more years of major league service time, but less than six years. That makes them eligible for salary arbitration for the 2024 season. The Dodgers, they're going to continue to discuss these contracts with each of these players. And if they have not agreed on a salary by January 12th, the team and the player, they're going to exchange salary figures for the upcoming season, and they're going to try to figure things out. Typically, with Andrew Freeman, you heard him discuss that in the interview. He's someone that used that file and trial system. So unless there's a player that they're going to sign to an extension, that's typically what you're going to see, like we saw with players in the past, the Max Muncies of the world. So look, I don't anticipate any drama from that standpoint. If necessary, though, the arbitration hearings will be on January 29th to February 16th. You all listen to arguments from both sides. They're going to be a three-person panel there, and it's going to be probably interesting, but I don't think you're going to see any fireworks or anything from that standpoint. But Yancy Almonte, $1.9 million. If you look at the Dodgers roster at the moment, they currently have 39 players. So 39 players before signing potentially a Shohei Otani, before signing one of these free agent pitchers that are available, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Yamamoto, Jordan Montgomery, any of those type. So I definitely think you are going to see players traded. We'll do a whole entire video. I think of the top trade candidates for the Dodgers on the 40 man roster, but Andrew Freeman said it on this show that they are going to be 
aggressive when it comes to trading some of the players on their roster to fill some of their needs. So buckle up. I'm telling you, Andrew Friedman is going scorched earth this offseason. Now, when you look at some of the arbitration projections, so I'm telling you, buckle up. I guarantee you Andrew Friedman is going to make impact trades this offseason. Friedman is going to go scorched earth. Now, if you look at MLB trade rumors arbitration projections, you got Will Smith at $9 million, Walker Buell at $8.025 million, Ryan Yarbrough at $4 million, Evan Phillips at $3.1 million, Bruce Dargratterall at $2.55 million, Yancy Almonte at $2.25 million. You saw the $1.9 million there. Caleb Ferguson at $2.25 million, Dustin May at $2.25 million, Alex Vezia at $1.5 million, Victor Gonzalez at $950,000, JP Fireisen at $900,000, and Gavin Lux at $900,000. So when it comes to the roster crunch, moves will need to be made. But what you need to know is that the Dodgers have 39 players on their 40-man roster. They avoided salary arbitration with Yancy Almonte after agreeing to a $1.9 million deal. But what you need to know is that the Dodgers didn't clear any roster spots. They currently have 39 players on their 40-man roster. They avoided salary arbitration with Yancy Almonte after agreeing to a $1.9 million deal. They didn't non-tender anyone. The Ryan Yarbros, the Yancy Almontes, they did not. Okay, so now we got that business taken care of. Let's have some fun. Let's dive into these latest juicy rumors, starting with a little update on Shohei Otani. It was reported this morning that the Mariners are not expected to sign Shohei Otani. MLB.com's Daniel Kramer wrote, industry sources say that landing Otani doesn't appear to be within the Mariners' realistic agenda this offseason. So why is this important? Well, one, this means there's one less team for the Oakland A's to worry about when it comes to signing Otani. Now, I'm just playing, okay? Las Vegas A's, I still can't stomach that. I really hate that, but let's just move on. Now, as far as would he have signed with the Mariners? Well, look, if you look back in 2018, there were a lot of reports that it came down to, one, the Mariners, to the Angels. Ultimately, he chose the Angels. So he was very close to signing with them in 2018. I think the big difference here, though, back in 2018, that was when he was signed for a little over $2 million right on that minor league deal, right? He wasn't going to make big money. Now he's looking for $500 million. Can you expect a franchise like the Mariners to afford a contract like the one they gave Julio Rodriguez? $470 million and $500 million for Shohei Otani and then put pieces around him? I don't think he was ever going to sign with them is my point here. I don't think they're realistic as far as being a legitimate landing spot for Shohei Otani, but it still is one team crossed off the list. There were reports that Shohei Otani had spent summers there, that Otani loves Seattle, but they are off the board. They are not a threat to sign Otani. Now, as far as who are the top teams that are involved. Well, there was a deleted tweet from an insider that had the Cubs as one of the top teams. I We talked about the Cubs yesterday. I certainly believe they're in the mix. If I had to rank them right now, the top contenders for Shohei Otani, five, the Texas Rangers. They're all in on trying to maximize this window. You have Corey Seager. You have Marcus Simeon. You have a ton of talent on that team. They're fully committed to pushing all the chips in to win a World Series and go back to back. They make sense. Four, I got the Boston Red Sox. And the Red Sox are a very sneaky team. They have tons of money to spend if they want to. You have the connection with New Balance in Boston. You got the monster. Maybe he goes to Boston. 
three, I've got the San Francisco Giants. Farhan Zaidi, he needs to land a superstar. You didn't sign Aaron Judge last year. You didn't sign Carlos Correa. They have attendance issues in San Francisco unless they're playing the Dodgers. So Shohei Otani does make sense. And then two, I've got the Chicago Cubs. I think you're starting to see some smoke with the Cubs and Otani. Earlier this week, ESPN, they ran a story saying that the Cubs are eyeing a second chance to sign Otani. They were in the mix to sign him back in 2018. But the big obstacle there was you didn't have the universal DH. Now you have that, so it makes more sense. And on top of that, the top Cubs insider, Bruce Levine, he said on the score 670 in Chicago that it is not a pipe dream, that the Cubs are realistically in the mix for Shohei. He also said all sources that I have and other people have insisted that it could be Dodgers Cubs all the way when it comes to getting a deal done for Otani. So I definitely think there is some smoke between the Cubs and and Otani. It also came out that it's not about geography for Shohei, that he just wants to win. You look at what the Cubs did, signing Craig Council, one of the best managers in the sport, to that deal. You got the Jason Hayward deal coming off the books. You're probably not going to sign Cody Bellinger. You do have some prospects that you could flip for some pitching or some infield depth, some win-now pieces. So, Chicago does make some sense. He would absolutely own Wrigley Field. Now, number one, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers have everything that Shohei Otani could ever want if he wants to win. You've got farm system depth. You have young players emerging. You have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, two players that just finished second and third in last year's MVP, and they're still in their primes. Also, you look at the rest of this roster, Andrew Friedman is going to go out there and add starting pitching. So Otani is going to see they're probably going to get one of the best free agent pitchers available, whether it's a Yamamoto, a Snell, a Nola, a Montgomery, maybe go to that second tier for a Sonny Gray. Maybe go to that other tier with Lucas Giolito, some of these reclamation projects, and then you're going to explore the trade market. Do you bring in a Corbin Burns, a Dylan Seas, a Tyler Glasnow? The Dodgers are going to make impact trades. They're going to make signings. They are going to rebuild this rotation. You also have Walker Buehler coming back. You have an emerging ace in Bobby Miller. Also, you're a proven commodity. You have proof of concept. The Dodgers have made the postseason the last 11 consecutive seasons. They've won the division 10 of the last 11 years, and we know that you just want a ticket to the dance. Shohei Otani, not only has he never had one postseason at bat, he's never finished on a team that has finished with a winning record. So if you want guaranteed stability, if you want the surefire thing as far as making the postseason, the Dodgers are the team for you, Mr. Otani. Now, let's dive into the biggest rumor of the night, and that, of course, is is from Hector Gomez. Hector Gomez, he tweeted out that the Dodgers are going to be aggressive in trying to one sign Shohei Otani, which everyone knew at this point, but the big surprise was that the Dodgers are going to try to trade for Mike Trout. Hector Gomez tweeted, Source, the Dodgers will be very aggressive looking to sign the two-way superstar Shohei Otani and get the 11-time all-star center fielder Mike Trout via trade. They are willing to give up their best prospects in exchange for landing Trout. So, that is a massive rumor. We got to break out the Dodgers rumor meter. It's backed by popular demand. Here he is, the Dodgers rumor meter. For this one, I'm still going to give it a two Dodger dogs. I think people are talking. You got agent circles. You don't really see very many leagues from the Dodgers. Maybe some agent circles. 
Maybe there's a possibility of that. I actually talked with Hector Gomez. I'm trying to get him on the show next week, and hopefully we can get a little more clarity. But let's explore this idea. Now, before we get into, do you want Mike Trout? Should the Dodgers trade for Mike Trout? How much of the salary would Artie Moreno need to pay down for them to actually trade for him? Just consider that potential lineup. Now, you're going to have different machinations. You could have James Albin included in that deal, so maybe he wouldn't even be in this lineup. But just imagine a Dodgers lineup. We have leadoff Mookie Betts. You have Freddie Freeman batting second. You have Shohei Otani in the three-hole. You have Mike Trout batting cleanup. You have Max Muncy batting fifth. You have Will Smith, one of the best hitters in the league, the best hitting catcher in the league, coming off his first all-star appearance, batting sixth. Then you have Chris Taylor batting seventh, James Altman batting eighth, and Gavin Lux batting ninth. That is one of the best lineups on paper in Major League Baseball history. You have seven of your nine players in your lineup that have made an all-star team. You have four MVPs, four future Hall of Famers. You have the war god in Mike Trout. You've got the unicorn in Shohei Otani. You have Freddie Freeman, who is one of the best pure hitters in the history of baseball, coming off a season where he hit 29 home runs and hit 59 doubles. You have Mookie Betts who had his best individual year since his 2018 MVP season. This would be the BWO, the Blue World Order. This would be the Evil Empire West. Just imagine that lineup, how many runs they would score coming off a season where he just scored 906 and became the first team in LA Dodgers history to score more than 900 runs. And I just can't wait to see that lineup. Oh, it'd be so amazing to watch them dominate through the regular season and then find a way to go 167 combined as a team and struggle with runners in scoring position and lose to the Rockies in the NLDS. No, I'm just playing. That's not going to happen. Trust me, that will not happen again, especially with potentially Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Now, is this realistic? I would say no. Will this happen? Probably not. But I think the biggest takeaway here is that if there's any morsel of truth to this rumor, it tells you that the Dodgers are, in fact, going to be extremely aggressive this offseason. That if they don't trade for Mike Trout, they're going to trade for X player. If they don't trade for this player, you're going to trade for that player. They are going to find a way to get some proven all-star level talent, and that is my biggest takeaway here. Do I think this is going to happen? Probably not. I mean, this is the Avengers. He's collecting all the Infinity Stones trying to get a lineup like this, but it is an indication that Andrew Friedman, I think, is going to be aggressive. Do you think that Andrew Friedman would have reached out to us and been on my show like he wanted to be if he was going to do anything this offseason? No, I think the fact that Andrew Freeman went on my show let you know that he is going to do damage and cook this offseason. Now let's explore this idea. Should LA trade for Mike Trout? Well, one, if the Dodgers are willing to do this and Artie Moreno is willing to pick up the call and discuss this as a possibility, you have to do this. You have to consider. You have to explore this as a possibility because, yes, Mike Trout has dealt with injuries. Yes, Mike Trout probably doesn't have that many years of his prime left, but what I've been saying for years, I've heard this take parroted all around different radio stations now at this point, what I've been saying for years, you have to take advantage of the prime of Mookie Betts and the prime of Freddie Freeman because if you do not not if you do not what was the point of signing Freddie Freeman for six years 162 million we know what you got from Mookie Betts you won the 2020 World Series he's been a fantastic signing has struggled the last three postseason series gone six for his last 48 there's no doubt about that but still when you look at 
His ability to play defense at an elite level, second base, right field, play some shortstop. There's no doubt about it. Mookie Betts was the right signing, especially at age 27. So if you do find a way to trade for Mike Trout, you are essentially going all in on this court. You're trying to say, okay, we want to do everything we can to squeeze out one World Series, two World Series with this group, and then we'll live with those contracts later as they age. I guarantee you that if the Dodgers win a World Series next year, and possibly go back-to-back and become the first team to win back-to-back titles in the National League since the 70s Reds, the first team to go back-to-back in baseball since the 2000 Yankees, you'll be fine with five, six, seven down years just because winning a World Series is very difficult. But at the end of the day, that's why we play. You want to win the game's ultimate prize. Now, I do want to point out that a few months ago when Mike Trout was asked about the rumor that maybe the Angels were considering listing to offers for him and that they were open to trading him, Mike Trout told reporters, I go through this every year. These are private conversations I had with owner Artie Moreno and team president John Carpino. I'm doing the same thing I've done the last 13 years, going into the offseason, clearing my mind, going into spring wearing an Angels uniform. Now, most players are going to say the right thing in that situation. You're not going to take too much away from that, but I think the big thing we need to see is would Mike Trout go to the organization? Would the organization go to Mike Trout and would they have a serious conversation about being moved? Because let's not forget, Mike Trout has a no trade clause. He can nix any trade in the deal. He can say, I want to stay in Anaheim. I'm comfortable here. I'm a first bound Hall of Famer. I'm one of the best players of my generation. Yeah, if we don't win, that's fine. But still, I have roots here and that's okay. Now, another possibility too is that they do make him available. Would Artie Moreno really trade him to the Los Angeles Dodgers? And when would that occur? Because would he become after Otani signs with the team? If Otani signs with the Dodgers, would Artie Moreno say, okay, fine. Now I'll give you Mike Trout. So you got my two two prized possessions, Mike Trout and Otani on the Dodgers. I just can't envision Artie Moreno ever doing that unless he thinks that the prospect capital he would get in return would be his way of giving the middle finger to the Dodgers thinking that maybe Mike Trout is damaged goods. I just, it's tough to envision. It truly is. We've seen wilder things. I never say never. You know that. But man, that would be wild. Now, if you look at where his contract is at the moment, He turned 32 a few months ago. They still owe him $248.45 million over the next seven years. So really the first big question here is how much of that salary would Artie Moreno and the Angels be willing to pay down if the Dodgers are willing to include some top prospects? We saw this with Stephen Cohen and the Mets when they essentially paid for prospects and their deals with Max Scherzer to the Rangers and Justin Verlander to the Houston Astros. Because right now, if you're the Angels and you're going to go to a down-to-the-studs rebuild, you're going to want to get top prospects. And the Dodgers, they have just that. Would you want to get top pitching town? Would it be a Ryan Pepio, an Emmett Sheehan, some of those types? Would it be a Diego Cartaya, a Michael Bush, a Gavin Lux, a James Outman, some big league ready town? We don't know what they would want in the deal, but the more they're willing to pay down, the better prospects they would get in return. So if they're willing to pay $10 million a year, $5 million to $15 million, something in that range to pay this salary down, 
maybe you're the Dodgers and you consider this. Because if I'm L.A., my bargaining chip, my leverage play is the fact that he is injury prone at this stage of his career and he's only getting older. So you don't see players typically get healthier as they get older. Usually these knickknack injuries, they continue to pile up. And Mike Trout has done everything in his power to stay on the field, including hiring a team that is trying to find a way to avoid these injuries. But still, he's missed a significant amount of time in the last three seasons. And if you're LA, can you run that risk of using all those trade chips that you could be using for starting pitching for a Mike Trout that could potentially get injured? If you look at the 2021 season. He had a calf strain. That cost him most of that season. He played in just 119 games in 2022 due to back issues. He had a handmade bone injury that required surgery that limited his 2023 season to 82 games. He appeared in just one game after July 3rd. So he hasn't put together a full season in quite some time. If you look at the injuries over the last seven years, through opening day since 2021, he's played in only 200 and 37 of a possible 486 games. So you look at that number right there, that's not very encouraging. If you look at his numbers as well, on top of that, the numbers have been trending in the wrong direction. Last season, Trout slashed 263, 367, 490. For some players, that's good. For some players, that's great. He had a 134 weighted runs created plus, so his bat was 34% above league average. But by Mike Trout standard, those numbers are low. I mean, 263 down from 283 in 2022. The slugging percentage usually is in the 600 range. He hasn't posted a slugging percentage that's been less than 600 since 2016 when he slugged 550, and that was 490 last year. It was actually the first time since his rookie season where he played just 40 games they had slugged under 500. So is Mike Trout on the decline? Well, certainly you're going to be paying for those decline years no matter what. It's just a matter of can you get him back to being that 150 weighted runs created plus player, that MVP player that he's been throughout most of his career. I have my doubts. I'm not all in on the idea of Mike Trout unless you can guarantee me you're going to find a way to acquire two frontline starters externally, whether it be through free agency or the trade market, that you're not depending on Walker Bueller and Bobby Miller and some of these internal options. Unless you're guaranteeing me that, I'm not going there. What I always say, it's like buying a Porsche when you don't have a functioning toilet, right? You can't do that unless you fix starting pitching. That is the number one priority this offseason. Starting pitching, starting pitching, starting pitching. Let me say it louder for the people in the back. Starting pitching. You can't win without it. The Dodgers need it. But it is a very interesting idea. It is Mike Trout at the end of the day, one of the best players of his generation. He's the war god for a reason, but I do think it's complicated. Now, as far as where he would fit in, would he play center field? I'm not so sure at this stage of his career. When you look at the injury history. We look at the issues he's dealt with. If he does, though, you're going to need a dependable backup center fielder, whether that be James Altman. If he's still on the team, Chris Taylor can play that position. We have Mookie Betts can slide over to center field, although I wouldn't want to see that. It would make more sense if you want to keep him fresh to move him to left field and have James Altman stay in center field because defensively he graded at above average pretty much in every single category. So that's what I would do. If I would trade for Mike Trout, I would have him one of the corner outfield spots, try to do everything I could to keep him fresh and focus on being productive at the plate. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do I want this? I would probably say a 6. 
I'm not so sure I love this deal just because, yeah, he's one of the best players of all time. Not even just a generation, but until we fix starting pitching, I don't know if we can afford this luxury. And on top of that, I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, this time of year, it's rumor season. Hector Gomez, I know him. He's someone that I've talked to tons and tons of times. He's a really great guy. He's a legit source. There's no doubt about that. He's someone that knows what he's talking about. But you wonder who's leaking him this information because I doubt that it's coming from the Los Angeles Dodgers. And like I said, I think I'd rather see... I think Artie Moreno would rather trade his grandma to the Dodgers than Mike Trout after they had signed Shohei Otani. The other option, too, is if you don't sign Shohei Otani, then do you just trade for Mike Trout? You have Trout and no Otani, and you got a top three of Mookie, Freddie, and Mike Trout, and you got plenty of money to spend on starting pitching. That's not the worst option either. Now, speaking of pitching, one more little news nugget before we head out of this. I'm going to spend some more time on this maybe tomorrow on Monday. But Brandon Woodruff, he was non-tendered by the Milwaukee Brewers. I think this was a no-brainer move for this Brewers franchise. We look at it, he was set to earn over $11 million, possibly $11.5 million in his final year of arbitration. He wasn't going to re-sign with that team. He's dealt with injury issues. So if you're the Brewers, why would you give that much money to a player that's not going to pitch for you and you're a organization that's very cost-conscious. You're not a big revenue team. So wasn't surprised by that at all. The only question I had was, would the Brewers trade him before the non-tender deadline? I think there was a possibility of that. They clearly didn't get a deal done. So you wonder, what will Brandon Woodruff do? I think this has Andrew Freeman written all over it. This is the most Andrew Freeman Dodgers move that I can think of in recent memory. This is basically a Tommy Canely type deal, but for an elite starting pitcher. For his career, he has a 3.74 ERA, a 3.81 FIP, a 3.80 expected FIP. Last year, before he went down with the injury, he had a 2.28 ERA, a 2.86 expected ERA, a 3.60 FIP, a 3.63 expected FIP. He had a 9.94 strikeouts per nine. He's someone that had a very low BABIP as well at 204, but he's an incredibly productive pitcher. The knock on him has been injuries. Hasn't pitched over 180 regular season innings in his career. His career high was 179 in a third back in 2021. Outside of that, 153 in a third in 2022. Then in 2019, 121 in two-thirds innings. Now, that's becoming less of a focal point for teams out there they care more about peak performance and rate stats and things like that but do you want to bring a pitcher back that maybe he's not his best self and then when he gets back does he get injured again that's something to consider but if you could get him back on a two-year 20 million dollar deal let him rehab this year maybe there's an outside chance he comes back at the very end most likely you're going to see him in 2025 that's a very sensible move for the Dodgers. That's the Andrew Friedman special right there. You can even give him that vested club option for innings pitch for the third season. So this is a way to take advantage of a pitcher that is absolutely a top 10 to 20 pitcher when he's right and get him at a discounted rate where you're not committed to him for years. So I absolutely would explore a deal for Brandon Woodruff if I was the Dodgers. I think if you're Brandon Woodruff, LA makes a ton of sense. There's an organization that at this point, you look at all the pitchers' injuries that they've dealt with throughout the years, they know exactly what it takes to get a pitcher right, and they're going to pour resources into that. Yes, I see out there saying, okay, there's all these pitchers' injuries. This is not an exclusive problem 
to the Dodgers. You're talking about an issue throughout Major League Baseball. That's just the reality of the situation. And look, the Dodgers, they get really good pitchers. When you have high-level pitchers that throw really hard, you're going to get injured. So that's really why it feels like the Dodgers are being victimized or they're really suffering from that more than any other team. But really, that's not the case. But that's going to do it for this Saturday edition of Dodgers Dugout Live. Thanks for rocking with us. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. Do me a huge favor. Follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore. I'm going to start throwing exclusive content on my IG and my TikTok, so be sure to head over there. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home.